Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant. For those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007 and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, The Final Stage of Recovery from Sexual Abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, folks, here today with me is Jediah. He is a Beyond Surviving graduate back in, from 2016, and Jediah and I have stayed in touch, and it's been so wonderful just seeing him continue to grow and blossom as a business owner, as a man, as a father. And today, he's really going to be sharing with us about his struggle to start what he finished. Oh my goodness, how many of you can relate to that? You get going, you start something, and then things just kind of peter out, fall apart. And a lot of that is very directly tied to trauma and how that impacts us. And ultimately, he was able to really evolve in this area. And one of his major dreams came true as a result of that, being able to build his very own houseboat. So, Captain Jediah, welcome. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here with you. What a sweet thing it is um, to reconnect. And I think to start us off, um, take us back to 2016. And, and of course, a little bit before that, what led up to you reaching out to, um, to me. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, your story and your journey. Sure. Um, well, uh, 2013, I was uh, living 
living my dream is a is a is a way to put it but i was doing what i had dreamed of since i was 15 and i was a missionary in zambia africa and um that's in south central africa i was in the north uh right on the border of congo and uh tanzania and all that and uh just uh going through the normal jed life which from the age of of 17 uh really had been in a cycle of um just not really knowing how to explain my own life to anyone in a way that um i could ask for any helpful input um and there i was and finally had the time i think when i was 30 i dropped everything I had going, which was not the first time I had dropped everything I had going, but, uh, and just moved my uh, little family to, um, to Africa and just said, I'm doing it. And, um, anyway, I was there and had time to read and found some, uh, very helpful info that really changed my whole path in life. And, um, it was a hard decision to come back and face uh, some of the most painful things and some of the most painful in the most painful place, the same city it, it had happened in and um, just facing uh, my uh, sec childhood sexual abuse and ended up going to a, a, a there was a lot involved. Just looking looking for help was the first journey uh, It was actually a little bit hard to find uh, the help I needed. It, it's much more readily available today, which is great. But. Rachel was one of the resources. Uh, there were several others that I found in the area, and um, it uh, actually led me through a court case and a front page uh, success uh, post of the of the trial. And the and um, anyhow, uh, that was really just a, a I guess a a bonus because I know that rarely ever happens. But the man was in a position where he was still doing what he had done mm -hmm. and um anyhow uh in that time coming back to baltimore maryland and uh, every street or every few blocks reminded me of something horrible i just couldn't even i didn't know how to be happy here and i hated the place and um it's uh did it was only a few years before i fell in love with baltimore and and the bay and crabs and uh the orioles and the ravens and all of it, all those things that you love to hate if you're from, not from here, <laughs> Lisa Ravens and the Orioles. But anyhow, uh, I hope you love the crabs and, uh, and anyway, ended up in a spot where I'm just enjoying the water, sailing and building a houseboat and back in my carpentry business, but enjoying it for the first time ever and uh, having some relative success. Thank you, Jediah. Wow. Okay. So thank you for sharing that. And I love that kind of the broad strokes. And I'm so curious about so many little pieces and parts of, of that story and of that, that journey. One thing that comes to mind is at this moment in like that 2013 to 2016 a period of time, was that the first time in your life that you were really like, okay, this trauma that I experienced as a child is still here it's still impacting me was there anything in particular that turned your attention to it had you been in denial was that yeah I'm kind of curious about how that all unfolded for you there yeah the way I describe it up until 2013 when I really had only once prior to that I think when my 
my first daughter was born and I thought, oh man, if anyone did this to my kid, I had, I had never looked at it as abuse or, um, you know, molestation. I had been convinced and that I was at, at fault. Um, while, while it, you know, I just, while it ruined me, I had always called it a, a like an invisible train wreck. Like mm. no one saw it happen. I couldn't explain to anyone what had taken place. All I knew was what it felt like and how thoroughly it had devastated my life. Yeah. And um, I think in 2013, the blessing of Zambia was uh, just opening my perspectives um, mm. and also having time. There was, we were very, very busy, but there was regular scheduled time to read and to uh, just find resources and healing yeah mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. that was the time when I found some very helpful uh, re reading resources that um, I'd always been curious about and when I read for the first time I just I couldn't even believe it was like someone was sharing everything I could never explain to anyone else and everything this man uh, had said and done to prepare for what he was going to do and how it I just, it was like, I, I didn't have to explain it to somebody. It, uh, I wasn't the only one. Yeah. And it clarified a lot. Wow. You know, I think I hear, I think it's been in my own experience too. And certainly for so many of my clients is that when something in life happens that either causes you to slow down or like something comes off the table, your distractions are minimized and you really are just kind of like left to sit with yourself that is often the time when we finally say, okay, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to deal with this. And, you know, this time that you were spending reading, we often talk about that as becoming book smart about trauma. Like, okay, I got to figure this out. Like, and so we do, we start to read all sorts of things like that survivor stage where we're learning a lot and we're putting things into context. And it sounds like even for you, like a really important piece of that puzzle was even been being able to understand your experience as abuse, like through the lens of this was not okay. And to see the ways in which he groomed you, he manipulated you and, you know, got you to think that you were a participant and, you know, this was all on you. And you're talking about that moment of sitting and reading this book and realizing, holy shit, like that's exactly what happened to me. Do you remember the kinds of feelings you had at that moment? I'm guessing there were a lot of different feelings, but I'm just curious if you go back to that exact moment of realizing, no, like this, this actually was abuse and it wasn't okay. And, and I need to get help about that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 it, I would take a while to describe it, but I, I think if I just go with what I can remember, I just remember feeling I mean, amazed because it's hard to do or deal with anything if you if you can't see clearly. Right. And um, since most of this was in the context of uh, my childhood, and I only had those memories, um, and the view of a child to understand it, to really understand it, come to grasps with it as a man mm -hmm. from uh, a father's viewpoint from uh, a 33-year-old's viewpoint of, of a child, um, it, it, uh, I felt 
actually I felt really energized yeah. and then at the same time scared as hell but also bold as hell like I'm mm-hmm. I was willing to lose everything uh to just to find out more and pursue and I couldn't get enough I mean it, the way that turning the light on helped with putting things in their place was there was nothing like that for me in my whole life and um you know it even even went on to learn cycles that i i mean they were just laid out there like <laughs> if i mm-hmm. tried to explain what i go through cyclically i don't know if that's the right word but every so often just and not that far apart just all these feelings come in because of a, a moment and right. i can't explain it but i know it's all attached there because it brings me back to that moment in my life um, so I, f- I remember feeling very excited, scared, and also just bold as hell. I knew that I right. didn't, that there was no yeah. way to let this just pass by and not, not go. Hell yeah. Did do that. it more. <laughs> right. Yeah. I totally get that. That moment of like, whoa, like, I think I've had experiences in my life when I've been like under the, um, almost like the delusion, like you become a little, um, confused about like what's so and when you get that aha moment of perspective and you go wait what the hell that person did what (laughs) and you do like that anger and that like uh I'm not letting that go and you talked a little bit about you know beginning to look for resources and struggling to find support was that I'm curious um you know as a male survivor was that through the lens of like trying to find resources that were actually geared toward you as a man was it just resources period or what what were some of the obstacles that you ran into when trying to find support for me it was resources period um at the time you know you do a a little internet search or i mean i think i remember things like well in the beginning i remember still trying to be convinced about you know my age was like it was compromising to my understanding because Mm -hmm. for me, it happened from age 16 to age 19. Mm -hmm. But in that time frame, uh, the, the worst stuff had in my, in my recollection, the worst stuff or the sexual stuff happened later on at the latter end, because somehow I was resistant, Mm -hmm. but after coming to, so in the early stages, searching for resources, I still wanted you know, confirmation of legal issues about, well, what age and this and that, and what am I still felt very guilty about things. Mm -hmm. And, um, but uh, the point being that to finish that little statement, later on finding out that the real, the harshest and hardest to deal with abuse happened early on the first year, first few years, the, some of the statements that were made, the things that were, specifically said and done to begin to target my own trust in myself and people around me, my parents, friends, people I could trust, and the way that I still process those kind of statements today or speak them to myself and was 33 years later. I mean, the harshest abuse was the was mm-hmm. getting set up for abuse. Mm-hmm. The, the ways in which you were kind of mentally, emotionally manipulated to think about yourself, to feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
That's so tough, Jediah. And I, I think what's so critical and so important about your story is that oftentimes when we experience abuse and trauma in our teenage years, we have a lot of individuation that's happening, right? We're trying to like come into our adulthood, right? And like, I know what the fuck I'm doing and like, don't tell me. And and so there is this like very strong sense of like ownership and it's my life and like, I'm the force and I'm the driver here finally. Um, and so then when trauma happens at those ages, oftentimes people struggle with this idea of I should have known better. I was grown enough. I was old enough and all of that. So your story is so, so important for anybody who's listening, who's experienced trauma at that age to like, no, that's trauma. That's abuse. It doesn't, you're still a child and you're still, uh, you know, at the mercy of the influence of that adult and that manipulation, and you don't have the life experience, even as a 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old, to understand, like, how to navigate that, and and I know that was a, a big piece of our, our journey together, was really coming into clarity about that. Can you say a little bit about what it was like for you when that finally really clicked, and you really understood, like, no, this was not mine, this doesn't belong to me, it's not my fault. Like what started to shift and change in your life once you had that clarity? Yeah. I, I mean, part of me wants to go back into just telling about searching for resources online, yeah. randomly just trying out different things, but not finding much. Um, but um, yeah. And, and in that search was that, that finding of clarity as well in like, kind of taking a risk and saying, I don't know if this will work or if this is the right place. I think I ended up going to a, a um, uh, what was it for like domestic violence, like center for women, primarily, that was the place that I found the free counseling and found it, the lady who ran it actually is really, really uh, one of the best uh, counselors I've ever been graced to, uh, to meet with, but I, and I, and who knew, um, but now it's like much more readily available. And then I remember finding your program uh, Beyond Survivors. And I was like, heck yeah, that's where I need to go. <laughs> like beyond this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the, mm -hmm. the clarity of, of, there's nothing like the clarity of, of being able to, not to say I'm a victim, honestly, but to see the intent right. and to see and be able to begin to define the harm that took place mm -hmm. and the harmful ways that I continued to live ever mm -hmm. after. That being the more shocking thing, honestly, as a 33-year-old, how thoroughly I relived uh, the thought process that was beaten into me, so to speak, because it was, and I mean it, uh, yeah. it really was beaten into me by uh reinforced traumatic experiences like that making making something out of nothing making me feel mm -hmm. pain when there was no reason for pain making me feel sorrow when there was no reason for sorrow almost to numb me and almost to direct my focus and attention to this man's uh interpretation of the world right. so that when truly harm was done it was very hard to actually see it as harm mm -hmm. because the intent of all of that manipulating and controlling and turning my mind 
from uh, experiencing pain when actually it wasn't time for pain and then learning to trust this voice and then experiencing oh everything's okay when something that was truly painful and no, confusing right. yeah. uh, and and kind of obvious was happening but it's a wild thing so but beginning to find those things and the clarity that came through it I, there's there was nothing like that nothing like feeling understood nothing mm -hmm. like understanding myself for the first time you know? mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. i mean i i left zambia because i i felt like i i couldn't believe what i had found and i wanted to share it with others my goal was to, i'm gonna i want to become a you know a, a, a childhood sexual abuse uh coach or counselor counselor was my first goal and i had no idea how much healing i had ahead of me oh, <laughs> and I'm, man. I'm so glad right now that i'm just a carpenter and a boat builder <laughs> but i remember when we first started talking i mean the majority of my questions were like how do i do what you do right well, now i'm yeah. like ah, i really appreciate what you do rachel can i send everybody i know right. that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. I honestly, I can't imagine the the the, the uh, determination it takes and the the self love and healing it takes to continue to to be a, a coach of survivors. It's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going into 15 years now uh, that I've been doing this, and you know, your stories like yours are what keep me going because that's exactly what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break, because, you know, trauma in many ways, it, it kind of sucks the soul out of our life when we're stuck in the narratives and the beliefs and the things that the a person who has harmed us has caused us to come to believe and think. And as we break free of that, and we begin to like cultivate and create the life that we really love. Um, really beautiful things happen. And watching that, you know, again and again with my clients and seeing them, you know, get the things in their life that they really long for. Boy, like it bolsters me. And so I want to talk with you a little bit about how life has unfolded for you as you've continued to heal. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. When you're all talked out and just want to know what the hell you need to do to actually break free from the pain of abuse, my Beyond Surviving Basics, a no BS guide to healing your childhood trauma five-day video course is your best next step. Five days, five lessons, five ways to kick PTSD to the curb. If you are ready to break free from false beliefs and triggers, Onboard No BS Strategies for Squashing PTSD, get off the emotional roller coaster and take action to take back your life, then please go to rachelgrantcoaching.com slash broken to beyond and join the course today. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, so, Josiah, I know, like, from our little time working together, we talked a lot about consistency and follow through and kind of doing the things that you really wanted to do and the, the points of struggle. And can you just paint that picture for us a little bit? Like, what was actually going on for you? What was so what was hard for you um, directly as a result of the trauma that you experienced when you know, it, you, you described it as like having a hard time, like keeping your head together long enough. 
Um, break that down for us. What do you really mean? Like, what were you experiencing? What were you going through? Well, it, it, I, I don't mean to be like just throwing big quotes and things out there, but the, the, the idea that a day is as a thousand years sounded like <laughs> would be the mm -hmm. best way to begin to describe that because mm -hmm. it just seemed like the days didn't piece together right. Uh, the days always started fighting an uphill battle, and it, at best, at the end, felt like I maybe, you know, at least performed something or, or at least started the way I was supposed to go. And uh, I think a lot of it was just the, the inner pain and suffering that I, that I carried. I mean, I couldn't, but it, the, my early on stages were just beginning, my early on processes of healing were were things as simple as beginning to find simple things that I could even take some joy in. And, um, you know, you need to, uh, you, you want to go out and get a, there's a shirt from my, you want to go out and get a pair of pants or a, a new shirt. And it's just a tedious, meaningless task. Cause at the end of the day, you're just miserable and you start miserable again. Uh, or, yeah. you know, at least it's just, uh, it's going to come crashing back in at some point. So to start any real production or process in my life and to see success with a day feeling so terribly long and painful uh, it was just very difficult. Um, not saying I didn't have a, a great day here and there. I just remember that uh, overwhelmingly the majority of the time was just getting through a day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 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 That, that sense of having to white knuckle it, as I often describe it, like I'm not living, I'm just coping. I'm just managing through the day. You paint such a, a powerful picture of what that really feels like, you know, the drudgery of that, the heaviness of that, the exhaustion of that. Are there any, I know it was a while ago, but are there any particular moments in our work together that you thought like that made a difference like ooh this tool or this moment of insight really shifted or flipped flipped a switch in some way such that you know these days you describe being able to you know finish what you started and really feeling more accomplished and in in the flow of things and and seeing things moving from kind of point A to point B without all of that kind of you know, fraught energy. Um, what do you recall, like, made the difference or supported that transformation for you? I I remember early on, Rachel, just being very. Uh, I'll I'll say that I'll say this first that I you were on my you were in my process of like, you know, some some very significant early on conversations I think had happened with some different counselors and I'd really begun to face this, but when I was really wanting to live was when I had to face and say, I'm, I'm still struggling just to make it through a day or a week or have a, and I remember, you know, and you, every now and then you have that time and I'm like, I need help. I need help. And I need something more specific for men. And that's when I did find your, your resource. And I, I couldn't believe there was maybe a couple plate, couple things that really came up at the time and one on the West coast which was yours, I believe. And I was like, what? But, oh, but it's by phone. Oh, great. And uh, I remember early on being part of a group where others were sharing and just hearing 
the way that you applied what you were teaching um, with us, even in the way that you helped us think about the things that we were thinking about. It wasn't don't think about that. It wasn't that need you need to change how that thing. It was just a like you're. I feel you. I hear you. You're plowing through this. What about looking at it from here? What would you say? Like, what would you say? Like, <laughs> you had for breakfast. Right. right. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> meaning like yeah. learning how and just watching you talk to others as well as the way when I began to you would ask you might ask me a question I'm you know about what I how what if I think of it this way or what not it that sounds too straight you were very it's very clever and and I mean it's very informed the way that you uh, lead myself and others uh, survivors through processing things that are happening today and looking at it actually from today because I think that's one of the toughest things is we're so caught up in these feelings and ways that are used to looking to it. So when it, just hearing the different shifts of perspective on the things we're facing today, I I remember just sitting there going, man, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, that intention that I bring of like, okay, yes, these are the things that have happened. And we need to understand them and put them into context. But then, like, can we understand the way that we've been impacted? Like, almost like the bullshit that we've come to believe. And then how do we unpack that and unravel that and create a new framework that we get to use right here in the present day? So that ultimately, you know, we can step into being our adult empowered self. Like, I can get shit done. I can do that. As well as, like, the nervous system healing work, you know, that we did a lot of work around because that is also helps with things like focus and motivation and like your brain, you know, being able to have your prefrontal cortex to do all the things that we need it to do um, to follow through in a day. And one of the most beautiful outcomes for you is this dream. Tell me about this dream. I want to know when the dream started of having a houseboat <laughs> and what it was like for you to walk on to that deck when it was finally real and you'd created it. Yeah, um, that was a newer dream. I mean, I've always loved the water. Uh, I think it was, I was 11 when my um, mom bought me a, a windsurfing lesson for, mm. for my, my 11th birthday. And uh, so I, when I came back from Zambia and began to find, try and find joy in Baltimore again, one of the first things that happened was I ended up at the same place I'd had a lesson and that summer became a windsurf instructor uh, where I had first learned. And it was things like that that began to start to open my eyes to uh, what I could, dreams for the future. Mm -hmm. I don't think uh, when I was 30, I moved to Africa, but that was a dream that I had from when I was 15, before the abuse started to, mm -hmm. I had traveled to West Africa. And all I knew in that whole confusing period of my life from 16 to 30, years old was I've dreamed of living here I've dreamed of doing this I want to do this um, but this was a new thing so as I began to fall in love with the Chesapeake Bay again in the city that was hell to me at the time because uh, our family was from Maine and we used to drive 10 hours to go kayaking when the water is about 10 minutes away from anywhere 
in in uh, in the Baltimore area and and most of Maryland. Mm. <laughs> Even the western Maryland's got amazing lakes and rivers and all. Anyhow, nice. and as I fell in love with the water again, I began to uh, dream of living on the water and having lived a kind of low budget uh, missions type of career, so to speak. Uh, I was like, well, I can't purchase property on the water right off anyhow, but I'd like to get going. And uh, one thing I do is I, I'm a builder and I've done remodeling. I used to hate carpentry, but I was like, I'm still a carpenter, <laughs> my main trade. What would it look like to take what I do and put it and introduce the two, what I love and what I do? And what would I do on my own time if I could? And I began to uh, think about it, dream about it, and at one point I just kind of dove into, I'm going to do this while I'm working my full time, but this is something Jed wants to do and I'm going to do it. So mm -hmm. I just got started and then to the point where it kind of happened, where there it was floating on the water. I still want to say it's not <laughs> quite, I still want to say it's quite not finished, <laughs> but it has been the most amazing, joyful journey of my life in the background of work and fathering my three daughters and and work learning to work and i feel mm -hmm. like it, it took me time yeah. it's even now more recently that i've really felt like i've learned to work and enjoy work and now i'm learning how to work and manage things like appointments <laughs> like your next always up leveling always up leveling <laughs> Figuring it out. Oh, uh, yeah. It makes my heart sing. Just imagining you doing that work first of all, like your your own hands, like in that, invested in that, and exactly in finding the balance of like, okay, I have these obligations, and I'm making space for me. I'm making space for this dream, and I can do that. I have the energy. I have the vitality now because all of that exhaustion that was there when you were just kind of trudging through your day is like I often describe healing as like reclaiming energy, like all the energy you've been spending on just trying to hold your shit together. You don't have to do that anymore, and you can use yeah. that energy to generate and create things in your I life. I got to write that down. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome Absolutely. oh my goodness and i didn't care if it had ever actually got done or if the thing sunk mm. or blew up i just found he just was a, uh, even yeah. though i wanted it to be finished yeah, yeah. More yeah. being able to be invested without attachment is another piece there wow yeah. it's a lot of work though yeah I know we're almost out of time, but another question is just coming up because one of the things that while while you were in the program, you had your daughters and we were, you know, you were juggling being a dad and trying to be on yeah. calls. And sometimes you have your little one in your lap, right? And we're, we're making space for all of that. And, um, and I just am feeling curious today as like, as you've noticed your healing happening and these big shifts and changes and how you show up in the world, how is that translated into how you show up as a dad? Are you seeing anything that you feel just like, wow, that, that feels really amazing. And I'm really proud of um, that, what you bring to the table as a dad today. <laughs> sure. There's, you know, I've, since you're asking the very difficult question of tell me something you're actually proud of yourself about as a dad, then I'll, I'll say that um, I'm proud of, of 
my feelings being able to show up for my daughters and not entering into so much self-judgment and criticism over anything that and you know my own sorrows or depression or whatever that I, that but being able to be present in the moment when i have the chance to sit there with one of them and just pull them in under my arm and just kiss their head so much they don't even want to get kissed again on their forehead. Dad! Yeah, I'm like, you little baby, I'm doing well, my goodness, you know, I do anything for you. What? How has your week or your day been? And, you know, I could enter into judgment and tell you a million things I, I'm not great at as a dad. And I think maybe one healthy side also is that is perspective of myself that mm -hmm. that uh, I can see very I can at least face the areas that I need to grow in and find a way to give myself um, enough credit as the word that's in my head enough credit to say yeah that's next you know yeah. instead of like oh yeah you're a piece of crap like mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah why don't you just go i don't know drink or forget it like you're not going to mm -hmm. be a dad like you're you should just walk away like there'll be better without that type of stuff yeah and that's that's the place that uh that's where i'm proud of myself to know that um depression doesn't have the upper hand in my parenting um i'm far from perfect i'm far from even what yeah I'm not going to go into the self-judgment there, <laughs> but I'm very pleased. Well, I love what you're offering there in the space that, well, I mean, parenting is like the hardest gig ever. And, um, and the space in which you can be attuned to your own feelings more today than you could, you know, before. Um, being able to articulate that and even just the space of expression, feeling able to like express that and be and be present. Um, all of those are beautiful things. So I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with me. Sure. And they love the houseboat. I bet. I know. I could just see them <laughs> just running around having a good time. And they love the little adventure of it. And the first day we were on it and I hooked up a little TV that was connected to the Wi-Fi at the, when we were out at the dock and I uh, played Gilligan's Island first thing. And now we have a cat named Skipper and their, one of her babies. <laughs> Name, is named Gilligan, <laughs> and I whistle the Gilligan tune. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, of course. Oh man, like for me, like that just makes my heart sing because I I often think about legacy, right, and how things move from next generation to generation, and to just think, first of all, that there's this whole like physical thing that exists in the world, this boat that you've created and been able to generate that mm. might not even have existed without the work that you did, the investment that you made in yourself to heal, to reclaim your life. And now to imagine these little ones running around and then imagining the next generation and the next generation, like that's just badass, Jediah. I'm just, it's just <laughs> such you. an amazing thing. I'm glad to hear you say that. That's the word <laughs> I would use to describe it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Daya, as we start to to wrap up, if just imagining somebody listening today who's looking for a word of encouragement or inspiration, you know, what would you like to tell someone who's, you know, maybe thinking about taking a next step and getting some support or is just struggling today in their their journey? What would you like to offer them today? 
every day that every day I I remember the lessons that I learned along my journey of healing, and they help me in my day ahead. They help me in the day that I'm in. They help me start the day better. They help me uh, imagine new possibilities. And I'd say that right there is where it's all at. And if you can, um, I won't want to say if you can, I want to say you can uh, find a moment. When I started even calling into these little things, it was Wednesday nights, I had all three of my kids, I was boiling spaghetti and sometimes it ended up on the plate with no sauce while I was on the phone call like and they still love it. They love spaghetti. <laughs> I just want to tell you that um you can you can wake it's worth it's worth the effort, yes, to make the little the little adjustment just now in the moment. Uh it's worth it to me every day when I wake up and it's worth it to me countless times throughout a day and throughout a week. And um but you gotta got to learn where those adjustments got to learn to see where those adjustments uh are uh can yeah. take place and honestly it is anywhere but it's uh it takes some learning to get out of our our patterns our habits and um and we need some other folks to talk to ourselves as well to mm -hmm. talk to us and teach us mm -hmm. how to talk to ourselves <laughs> for sure wow Jediah. It's been so sweet to connect with you today, and I'm just so yep. proud of you. I'm so excited to see how life continues to unfold for you. And the one that I see in you is creative and genuine and soulful and get her done. And it, it truly, like, what an honor and what a blessing it has been to be a part of your life and your journey and, again, to be here with you today. So thank you so much for your gift, for your story of your time, um, and just really, really appreciate you. Appreciate the opportunity, and, and thank you again from the uh, bottom of my heart for doing what you do for uh, for us, for me, for others, uh, for yourself. and. And I encourage anyone to, I, I, I've wanted to refer people who haven't even been through sexual abuse, so to speak, to just learn how to learn how to shift your perspectives and mm -hmm. retrain your brain. Is that the thing? Yeah, man. You know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Put the hands back on the steering wheel of your brain for sure. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Wow, such a nice time with you today. Thank you again for being here. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in and joining us today. Um, as always, if you'd like to make a donation in support of the podcast, you can go to bit.ly slash beyond surviving podcast donation. All contributions are applied towards funding scholarships, the running of donation-based and free programs, and making sure that those reaching out for support get what they need. Don't forget to visit Rachel Grant Coaching to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and to explore the other resources there. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a note. Let me know what you're liking and loving. And then come back next time because we have so much more to share. And until then, take good care of you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.